Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Paul Jones Drug Tuesday to you, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We'll kind of wrap up the U.S. Open looking at one of the guys that didn't get it done, and that's Roy McIlroy. And I started looking up some numbers thinking about the drought of now nine years' worth of majors and want to compare it to what Tiger went through from 2008 to 2019. The numbers are pretty staggering when you actually look at what has happened uh, with Rory in these last nine years. So we'll hit that. Uh, Big Elk football. Ouch. Schedule (laughs) got a lot tougher yesterday. Uh, Carl Albert, are they Bixby-esque for next season and maybe the next? Uh, Adding Kevin Sperry, who was the 2025 uh, it's actually committed to play football at OU in 25 at the quarterback spot. Their, their roster is loaded for next year. Also, did you see Bill Conley's uh, team of the decade rankings in, in uh, college football? He used the SP Plus model. A bunch of people around here are upset with what happened from 2000 to 2009 with the team that's on top of, uh, of Oklahoma. Uh, 48, either one of you guys know what happened 48 years ago today? 48 now. 48 years ago today in the cinematic world? 48 years ago. 48 years ago. Anybody on the text line figure it out? They can text us. And then also right here at the top, uh, Vance McDonald, a former NFL player. He's got a football clinic coming up that supports a lot of really cool things. He's going to tell the story of that. As we get off the top of the show, 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, choose us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime right in here at 225-9698. If you're outside the listening area, there are a couple of ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com or you can download the app. The Paragon app is free and it has everything. It's got all radio stations. The Penny News is in there. You can check out the deals on the Penny News ThePennyNews.com, also Big Elk and Paragon TV. When the high school football season, high school basketball season rolls around, you can watch the games from there. And, of course, our podcasts, we do the show each day. If you miss it entirely, you can go back and check it out, either KADSAM.com or anywhere else that podcasts are available to you. Hello, Jared. How are you this morning? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm looked, really good. It looked like the little light bulb went off in your head Because it's, you it's exactly what I thought. I'm thinking, you said cinematic, I think summer movies, and I went to this movie. Jaws. 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 Oh, Dakota got it. He got it. 
He sent in, you're going to need a bigger boat meme. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Jaws, the first, it. it's the first summer blockbuster. Right. I, I didn't realize that. I saw that uh, this morning. My though, kid Jaws. the other day asked, she, she, she asked me, what's Jaws? What, well, it's a movie. Can we watch it? No. Yeah, probably not. Because <laughs> we're, we're going to Florida here in about <laughs> yeah, three weeks. Right. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. I don't think we need to be watching Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, in studio this morning, uh, he's been here before. Uh, but he's back with the uh, Convoy of Hope football clinic coming up uh, later on in the summer. Vance McDonald. Vance, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you guys? You, you've kind of done the uh, the Paragon Communications car wash right. that, that happens at ESPN uh, this morning. Um, hopefully, you're not just completely wore out of answering the same questions over <laughs> nope, and over and I'm over. Good. Uh, tell us a little bit about what Convoy of Hope is. You were just We were discussing it before. It's a really interesting story about how it got going. Sure. So it's been around for about 30 years. Uh, this is our 29th year, so almost 30. Um, it was started back in 1994 uh, from uh, our, our president and CEO, Hal Donaldson. So he's got a, an amazing story um, of just tragedy that uh, ends up blossoming into just an amazing initiative and a passion for fighting hunger and poverty suffering around the world. So uh, real quick, I guess Kenny and I, uh, my wife, she's born and raised here from Elk City. Um, we got involved with Conway of Hope back in 2014 after my first NFL season. And uh, we've been sort of informal ambassadors with them ever since and until uh, I made a phone call in January. Uh, and I've been working full time with them uh, for the last three months. So it's been an amazing, uh, an amazing career uh, move and next chapter for us. But Convoy, in a nutshell, um, again, just just looking to provide hope in the the grimmest of circumstances for families that are just fighting poverty and suffering. So just changing their circumstances uh, through uh, different programs. Uh, we do children's feeding initiative. We have women's empowerment, and we have agriculture initiatives internationally. Uh, we also fight disaster. So respond to disasters uh, worldwide, and um, we also do some community outreach things here uh, domestically. So it's a lot of great things. Uh, just reading the story this morning, then you were filling me in with uh, with the founding of it. It really kind of started with a tragedy in, in Hal Donaldson's life. Can you tell the, the listener kind of how that inspired him to do uh, what you guys are doing now? Yeah, so Hal Donaldson uh, was the oldest of four boys. Um, his parents were both uh, pastors. They were pastoring a church, and uh, they were basically kissing him at night, left him with uh, the babysitter and headed out. Uh, I think they were headed on a date, but just leaving the house. Um, they were struck by a drunk driver. Uh, the dad died uh, instantly, and the mom was debilitated and admitted to a hospital for a number of years. So Hal was left uh, basically the leader of his siblings, and um, police showed up and basically said, you know, we're going to basically be sending you off different directions into foster care. I'm not sure what that looks like now, but basically you boys will be coming with me to the station unless a family wants to take you in. And so this uh, family was living in a double wide. They had two kids. Um, and they invited all the Donaldson brothers into their single wide trailer with them. And so they grew up very poor, but they were loved. And so, uh, that started to shape Hal's mind. Uh, he had this incredible passion and drive to never be poor again. And so he would talk, uh, and shares his story, uh, just about how, um, you know, he would go to school with holes in his shoes. Um, he was embarrassed because he couldn't afford lunch. Um, so he was on just the various programs in that way, uh, just to, uh, to get by. But, um, again, just this, this drive of being successful and he studied really hard and he worked really hard and he ended up going to college and getting a ride. 
scholarship ride to uh, and he studied journalism. And so that brought him um, covering a number of different stories around America, writing for a few different magazines. He ended up landing at uh, Evangelical Magazine, which was, I think, through the Assemblies of God Church. Um, but ultimately, he uh, got this call. Uh, his boss brought him in and said, hey, uh, I'm going to send you uh, on this interview. And from what I understand, I think no one else really wanted to go. <laughs> so Hal was uh, asked to go to Calcutta. Uh, so he headed overseas um, and ended up coming face-to-face with Mother Teresa. And wow pretty cool inspiring like kind of almost providential god moment really um but she stopped him in the middle of the interview and interviewed him and said how what are you doing to help the poor and the suffering and how in his humble moment looking into mother Teresa's eyes decided i can't lie to mother Teresa," (laughs) and said well ma'am i'm not doing anything and she said well everybody can do something and so he came back to the states um just with this this new fire, I guess, in his heart and uh, decided that he was just going to do the next kind thing. And so, like, I think a lot of times, even for us, like, it's it's sort of overwhelming to think, like, okay, well, what kind of change can I really create, right? Um, and he just, it for how it started with this really neat concept, is just, I'm just going to do the next kind and compassionate thing for somebody, uh, and that's going to be the, the footprint and fingerprint I leave behind. And so Convoy was started when Hal decided to fill out the back of his pickup truck with a bunch of groceries and drive into the middle of, I want to say San Francisco. He lived in California at the time and uh, passed out all those groceries to people. And uh, Convoy of Hope started then, 1994, 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, leaves me speechless <laughs> to hear a story like that. So it, I, when I hear about it, I think, okay, it's a local thing. This is worldwide? This is worldwide. Worldwide. Wow. So, yeah. so give me an example. I mean – you mentioned some stuff local, like in the United States, I mean, worldwide. Sure. Um, we have over 30 program countries. So program countries meaning that one of Convoy's three initiatives is present, and that being the Children's Feeding Initiative, which uh, we feed over 530,000 kids every single day. Wow. Um, which that's what uh, my con- my clinic coming up here is going gonna, is gonna to impact and hopefully be able to serve and support. Um, women's empowerment. So Convoy has figured out just through research and data, uh, when you get into a third world country, a lot of times uh, the father or dad presence leaves, whether they're pursuing a career or a better life, et cetera. Um, but also you kind of get in the mix of, um, you know, women just don't have the same kind of rights that we do see in here in America. So a lot of times they um, are just the lowest of the low in terms of culture. And so if you end up empowering a mom, and a woman in those countries, uh, more times than not, they are more than likely to reinvest that back into not only their children, but their household, which is gonna affect their community, which is gonna affect the city, which is gonna affect the nation. And so um, just empowering women, it's, it's, it's gone a long way. So they invest and give startup money for women in businesses, whether it's raising chickens, creating food, things like that. But it's been an amazing program uh, overseas, internationally. And then also, um, Again, and, and I'll kind of touch on and highlight on kind of just like the uh, the really cool mission statement and the position that they put themselves in through these initiatives. But the last one is the agricultural initiative. Um, so they go in to a place like Haiti, uh, which is where you know, my wife, Kenny, and I got in, introduced to Convoy. Um, Nicaragua, I mean, a number of countries, and they test the soil, look at the soil, look at the culture, and they're not bringing in machines, right, to say like, hey, use this. 
this electric plow, right, to, to get your mm-hmm. crops and fields ready because once the thing goes out of commission, like it's not they're going to be ordering new parts, right, right, for these things. So they they see what the, the community has, the resources and things like that, and they allow them to increase their yields by thousands of percent so then they can not only feed their starving communities, but they can also start businesses. So it's a really cool, it's a really cool model. But again, just like the 30,000 foot approach looking down, what I love about Convoy is they're working themselves out of a job Right, so when they come into a country and introduce their programs, they're not looking to stamp their name mm-hmm. all over the wall, um, so to speak. They are looking to empower the people that they're serving so that they no longer have to be there. And so I just love that idea. I think it's very Christ-like, it's very Christ-centered, uh, this idea of, of becoming less so somebody else can become more. Um, and it's something that, like I said, when I, when I was introduced to Convoy, um, we, you know, we've been informal ambassadors for them for, for nine years. And when Ken and I moved here and transitioned from Pennsylvania, just kind of talking with her about like what we might do next. And Convoy just made so much sense because we like to try to live our lives that way as well. How can we serve others without necessarily trying to increase our lives? So absolutely. So we're talking to Vance McDonald, Convoy of Hope, and you're, uh, one of your expertises is clearly football because you played bit. in the NFL. And so you're going to host uh, a clinic to help out not only the kids, but also the Convoy of Hope. Tell everybody how this works, uh, when, where, and kind of how the clinic is going to work. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been talking to uh, Mr. Mike Sparks, superintendent of Elk City, and Coach Zach Maynard, um, and sort of onboarding them into what Convoy is trying to do. So um, I work with a relatively small team within Convoy. Um, it's a bunch of people with unique backgrounds like myself, and it's just a ways to leverage our circles, relationships, and things to onboard people into Convoy, but also just try to do good. Mm-hmm. And so um, a new program we are trying to start, uh, our initiative movement, is something called Convoy Clinics. And so we leverage people of influence that have platforms or a certain skill set, and we invite children, kids, you name it, to come along. Um, and just learn a little bit about it, right? We invite it into their world. And so, uh, you know, allow the, the person to speak insight, show, you know, certain things and develop uh, some things that they've learned throughout their careers. Uh, but ultimately a way for kids to serve other kids, right? So every dollar that we bring in the door goes to our children's feeding program. So the way our event's going to be structured, again, July 21st, uh, we'll have all of our digital assets passed here around the radio station so you guys can shoot it out on your social media. So be looking out for that. There's going to be a landing page with all the details listed so no one will be confused. But we'll also have just like a real simple flyer that we'll also shoot out mm-hmm. um, to just show a little bit of details. But it's going to be from 9 to 1. We're going to have three different tiers of tickets. So each tier is going to feed one or more children and so uh, that'll be the admission uh, which is just basically a donation to, to, to convoy it's tax deductible so it's awesome win-win for everyone um, but again like I said the ultimate premise of just kids helping out other kids so um, something kids like to do play so <laughs> what we're going to do is uh, uh, like I said July 21st is we're going to have a comic clinic I've never ran a football camp believe it or not Eight years in the NFL, and I, I was never one of those guys. It's a, it's a very common, popular oh, yeah. thing that, that players do. I uh, never did one, and so uh, I'll ask for grace <laughs> with fellow, my fellow Elk City people. Uh, no, but we're going to have a good time. So the first two hours, um, we're going to have an hour of skill development, and then uh, everyone's going to get a T-shirt. So we'll start off with 75 kids at 9 a.m., 
We're going to have some competitions, a little bit of fun, and I'm going to run through a couple of drills. Uh, Coach Maynard has uh, graciously offered a couple of high school football player volunteers to help uh, come and help uh, run the event. Um, but after those first two hours, uh, again, an hour of skill development, and then I will share my story, uh, a little bit inside of my background, what it came from, and just share a little bit about the NFL journey. Uh, we'll have lunch from Big Splash, so shout out to Big Splash. <laughs> yeah. um, and like I said, every kid will get a T-shirt, and I'll sign it, and we'll take pictures. It'll be fun. And then we'll dismiss 50 kids, okay. and we'll go down to 25, and we'll do a lot more focused football stuff. And again, that's like a higher level, the next tier of ticket, a little bit more expensive. Again, now you're feeding two kids. And then the last hour, I just want five kids. And it's a higher price point, but at the same time, it can feed four kids for an entire year. I think that's oh, wow. super cool. But I want to be super intentional, one on five, basically. And I'm just going to, I'm going to, to limit that for 10th to 12th graders. Okay. That way, it's like you kind of get that rhythm. They know where they are on the field. They have that basic understanding of football. They probably know the position they're playing, whether they're both ways, one way. And uh, I can just speak, you know, real clear insight and develop sort of their little niche on uh, the team. So I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be hot. We'll have plenty of tents and, and ice towels and things like that. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't been working out, so I should probably start running <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but like I said, July 21st, Friday, nine to one, we'll have three tiers of tickets and it's all donation based, a convoy to go into a really good cause. And, uh, I encourage, I encourage you guys to sign up soon cause I want Elk city to get first dibs and then we're going to spread it out to surrounding communities. But, uh, seventh through 12th graders for the, the, the entirety of it. Yes. And then 10th to 12th down as it, as that it narrows hour. down to that last hour to five, uh, speaking of big splash burger. Mm, I just had me a big splash breakfast burrito. Did you really? Oh, I, I, I had. Love it. Uh, they they bring over Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you got so you got a burrito out of there. Uh, uh, no, no, you just went. By I yourself. went over. I was a I was a good patron. I, I spent my own hard well, earned money. You just think that Sean would have warned you that uh, they bring over the free food. On they a did Tuesday. set down that a been, full. That would have meant one less for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he can't eat right now because he has to go to the heart hospital. Oh dear. Yeah, okay. he's he's in bad he's in a bad way right now with all those biscuits and gravy around him. Oh, there was some biscuits and gravy set in front of me this morning. I I was looking at. I was like, no, that's for the good people here at the radio station. <laughs> so now you have tried the Big Kahuna Challenge over there before. <laughs> that's when I had long hair, and I was like every bit of 270, and I ate like 7,000 calories a day, and it still crushed me. <laughs> I couldn't even eat half of one of those burgers today if I tried. Were I you- think I made it to the – I think I was like probably 65 70% through – and then I just looked at the tower of bread standing in front of me and onion rings and patties. And I was like, dude, I'm about to throw up everywhere. But it was super good. And at that point, you're thinking, did I marry into the right family? <laughs> <laughs> How did I get roped into this? There you go. Having to do this. A competitive eater. Were you there, Aaron? When the competitive yeah, eater. Randy, what's his name? I forgot his He's name. on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He, Randy Centel. Or? Something like that. That was quite a sight. Just I could imagine. I mean, there's a crowd there. Was there a crowd watching you do it? There was probably a little over a dozen people, mostly family, because <laughs> yeah, wasn't super gracious eating like nine, ten hamburgers standing in front of you in two towers with onion rings and fries and everything else. It wasn't like, yeah, but we had some people cheering me on. Yeah, so if you don't know what that is, it's six half-pound beef patties in between eight grilled cheese sandwiches. Each sandwich has two slices of cheese, two slices of bacon, and a third-pound burger patty. It's five and a half pounds of meat 
and a whole <laughs> loaf of Texas toast. A loaf? A whole loaf. And also some curly fries, regular fries. And you only give you 50 minutes. They don't even give you all day know, to do it. No, dude. It takes them 50 minutes to make it. My so you, I don't know if you realize, we will be na- we are essentially neighbors here in are one you? hour. Yes. So if you look out your back patio across where that giant uh, mound of dirt has been, yeah, you look right at our back gate. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to be neighbors. Have you played any golf yet Dude, since you've been out there? I, I tell everyone in OC, I had to learn. So the the only and last time I've played golf was at Elk City Golf Course. So again, met my beautiful bride 2007. I was a little junior in high school, 190 pounds soaking wet. And uh, made the trek up here uh, to meet her family and stuff in 2008 when I was a senior. And I went and played golf with Carson mm-hmm. and Sean Wilson. <laughs> and I remember... <laughs> I sliced everything, and I was so frustrated. <laughs> but I hit one good shot, and I was like, if I could bottle that right there, yes. I would love golf. Um, I've played some top golf, uh, but the only real true golfing experience I've had was, I guess, yeah, that was 15 years 15 ago. 15 years ago. Well, we're going to have to get you out there. Well, it sounds like clubs. you and me could pair up because – I'm not the best of golfers either. Yeah. I, I like tell to go out and just, just hang out and have fun. But You can yeah. invite me if you just want to have a good laugh because that's go. what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may be hard to laugh at yet you. <laughs> be I, I'll welcome it. <laughs> uh, so you're doing this. So how did – you know, you retire from the NFL, and I'm, I'm sure there's kind of thoughts running through your mind of, uh, you know, how how quickly did you get past, okay, or, or – to fill that competitive void that I'm sure was there as they transitioned away from, from football being that thing. Yeah, this will sound a little unhealthy, but I promise it was healthy. Um, the outlet of that football provided in terms of just physicality and exerting your will onto some other guy in front of you was very good for me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just as a man, not to say that like I like... I was, you know, whatever, like I, my life depended on like just dominating the guy in front of me, but just competing, right? You're competing. Um, you know, you're, you're working as a team, uh, things like that. But just like I said, I mean, you guys, and you know, if anyone's out there, if if they're curious, like I, what I love the most about football was after the catch, I got to put my pads down and run over and put as much force into the person that was trying to stop me. Like I just loved that, and so um, when I when I didn't have that, I was a little lost. I'll be honest. Yeah. But we had our farm in Pennsylvania, and I got to run through some stuff and break some stuff there <laughs> because we had we had some acreage with some woods and no neighbors. So I got to do some stupid things. <laughs> but um, no, and in all seriousness, I say retirement is overrated. I transitioned from football, and um, uh, so my wife and I were starting a foundation on a farm that we owned in Pennsylvania it's for sale now so if that's uh kind of tells you kind of how it went um but it was going to be for ministry leaders and uh so we had our heads down just trying to do nonprofit ministry work and starting something on our own uh, and we did that for about three years and uh it just came to a point where it just wasn't working out and so relocated here to Elk City and it's been a great move for us. Um, and a lot of people always joke and ask, like, dude, why are you in Elk City of all places? And I was, I always end up telling them the same thing. I'm like, dude, it's pretty great to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a fantastic place. I was, 
I was born and raised in a place about the third the size of Elk City. And so this seems like a bigger just town that I grew up in. And so it's super familiar. I love the small town feel. I love how everyone's blue collar. I love, uh, I just, yeah, I just love the people. And so it uh, reminds me of home. And uh, I love how everything's sort of centered around just the school and sports. I just, I love that in a community. And um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, long story short, I just, uh, just really appreciate uh, just living here and having the opportunity. But, you know, like I said, retirement's overrated. And uh, that competitive spirit and drive now is being fulfilled through the work that we're doing with Convoy. And so I'm super fortunate to have uh, just come across the organization, and I'm, I'm so glad now and happy to have a career with them and uh, being able to bring it to uh, my community now that I'm, you know, coming a part of. And I still tell people I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not, I'm not full Elk City yet. I'm still learning. I, and the the big hurdle, the biggest hurdle that I have, if anyone's out there listening, maybe you can help. Is uh, everyone knows everything about me already? <laughs> and I'm not saying that to you know make myself look good, but like just having you know kenny grown been growing up here and and married me and like been watching me and like rooting for me while i played i don't ever get like the introduction it's yeah. always like dude hey what's and like they start telling me intimate details about my life and i'm like dude i don't even know your name yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. can you like slow down a little bit i want to get to know you first yeah. and so they're already taking me out for steak and so yeah. i'm anyway uh so it's a little bit of a challenge but like i said i've and I really, I truly mean it. I, I love Elk City. After really after retirement from the NFL, how connected is the NFL still connected with you? Is there how does that work? Because you know, there's you know, you retire from a company, and there's there's still a connection there. Is it like everyday life, or are they are you still a part of the NFL in a way? How's that work out? Um, yeah. So there's a couple of various programs. I mean, for the most part, um, you know, I, I'm not going to do the NFL any favors. Uh, they're out for money, right? They want to not only grow their influence, which is already huge. Uh, but they're after every dollar. Uh, so um, they like to promote and say they are, but they truly aren't. And that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, but in terms of internal, like among players and things like that, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's you're a well-oiled machine and you've been doing it for so many years. Like a lot of guys been playing football even before I started, which was seventh grade. And so you're talking about careers that are like are something that they've been doing every single year. And not only outside of playing, like they're having to train their bodies year round, right? And you do that in a high school level and then as a student athlete at college and then professionally for so long that you really, whenever you leave the game, you just want to go into darkness, right? (laughs) You get the whole Aaron Rodgers like picture Mm -hmm. like, dude, I really just don't want to be around anybody and I don't want to work out. And I want to eat whatever I want to eat. And I want to do whatever I want to do. Because you're just tired. Yeah. And so um, it was a little bit kind of like that for for Kenny and I, like, leaving. Obviously, we were going into ministry work. But I really sort of just fell off. And I'm introverted by nature. Um, but, yeah, I just took, like, a hard break and a hard reset. And But for the most part, um, there's a couple of ways that guys stay in touch. Uh, each organization, for the most part, has like a uh, like a legends community. So if you right. played with a franchise for a number of years, you get invited to that, and alumni stay in touch, and you get invitations to be a part of, you know, certain games throughout the year. Uh, if you know you hit sort of that legend standing, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's still guys that I've met and stay in touch with, and it's just really cool. Obviously, you're everyone's looking out for each other. Are you hoping they are? Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of guys can get, get 
thrown into a lot of different directions when they leave because football was so integral into their identity and who they were. And now all of a sudden uh, they don't have it. And so it, it can be an isolating and a lonely place. It on, Honestly, to be fully transparent, it was for me. And if I didn't have Kendi and uh, honestly just like my faith, uh, I, I would have been in a much worse position. But that's why I always say, like I said, retirement's overrated. You got to be doing something, mm-hmm. even if it's just helping people for yeah. free. Yeah, just do something. So yeah, it would seem to me like the way that that league is, and it with the money, it seems some of those guys that wouldn't have any other outlet could be used and discarded. Well, the the stats are staggering. Yeah, it's, it's like seventy five percent of guys three years removed from the NFL are broke, and you wonder why. And. You know, I've had a number of conversations with people just around here, this like locally, and then some other interviews and the things that I've been on and just talks. Um, you hand a kid coming out of college. Well, first off, now you, now that you've introduced uh, and and college athletes can actually be paid, right? Like they're professional athletes now all of a sudden, which is a new phenomenon. There's no data, and it's a new concept. Yeah. And uh, for me personally. I'll tell you where I sit. It's the dumbest thing we could ever do for an 18 year old, maybe sometimes 17, but 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old kid making four, five, six figures, sometimes seven figures before they're even in their like young 20s. Like that doesn't make any sense. They're not going to, it's just, I don't know. It's putting a fire underneath them and say, try not to get burned. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just, so I could, I could talk about that a lot. I don't I'll pump the brakes, but I'll just basically say it's it's so much pressure. Not only are you in a performance-based industry, which a lot of things are, but you're being criticized and you're on TV and your every movement is being critiqued and judged. And that already is enough pressure for some people, more than enough for some people. But then you throw in money mm-hmm. and it's just... You know, I joke. I work with a guy uh, at he's on my team at Conway of Hope, and he's 24, and he he even makes fun of himself for it. But he's like, dude, my prefrontal cortex, my prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed, and I'm like, yeah, it isn't. It isn't developed. You need to listen to me. But you you give a kid that phenomenon and then a million dollars, and what do you really expect from them? Yeah. Are they going to be responsible? Are they going to make good decisions? Nah. Not very often, Not at all. and that and that's to me it's a big part of what's wrong with this because when you go into the NFL, I mean they actually go through some different things like that to try to help you financially and where how Dude, to do it. And I mean, no one pays and nobody pays. Yeah, it's just like a symposium going it's to the draft. Never going to happen to me, right? And now you do that with eighteen-year-old kids without even that kind of structure. Yep, it can't end up doing the, anything. It's the going game bad. and the culture of the game itself because what do coaches teach? And they don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's to build that, you know, and, and for me in high school, I can still tell you it was discipline, desire, and dedication, right? But when you really start to break those things down, like, yes, is it for the betterment of the team? Absolutely. It's not about me. It's about everyone else. Like, right? I, I want those three things, those three Ds. Mm-hmm. And they're different. I mean, whatever. You it, it, The mediums can be different. Um, but the point is, it's like, You've been trained your entire life to never bow down, never show weakness, um, always push forward. Uh, I'm invincible. I can't get hurt. Nothing's going to stop us, right? And that culture starts to bleed into other parts of your life. And yeah, is it good for the football field? Yes. Is it good for the team? Yes. Is it good for victory? Sure. 
But whenever you starts to 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 warp into your financial decisions mm. and your personal and your relational decisions that you make outside of the game, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And so, yeah, I and I always tell my man, I'm super fortunate to have met my my wife and soulmate when I was a junior in high school. Like, good Lord Almighty, if he it wasn't working out for me. Because mm-hmm. there's some guys in the locker room that are doing some dubious stuff, and it's just, <laughs> it's just not good. Yeah. But that's just the culture. All right, Vance McDonald, one more time. Convoy of Hope, the football clinic. How do people get involved? Where do they go? When is this? And who is it for? Yeah, so again, July 21st. Uh, it'll be from 9 to 1. Uh, it's going to be at the Elk City High School football field. Um, sign-ups and things like that. Uh, be checking uh, radio station here, social media stuff. Um, and their platforms, they will uh, get that from our team here today, hopefully. And uh, we have everything ready. It's just the URL is a long <laughs> URL, and so we're gonna we're gonna see if we can shine that up a little bit, make it a little bit shorter, and we'll post that. Uh, you can find your links, grab your tickets. I I would love to see Elk City involved before we spread the news to just surrounding schools and things like that. So. I want to keep it uh, just for Elk City before we open it up. But you can also look for uh, Elk City schools to be shooting that out on all their social media stuff. I don't know if uh, Mr. Sparks is going to utilize the email uh, blast through Elk City. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if he does, you might see it in email. But um, there'll be a flyer that'll have all the basic details. And then this landing page we're using uh, to help solicit all the donations going to Convoy. It's going to have all the details, every single tier of the ticket that's broken down. Um, and what that gets your child. And then also uh, just some other notes about, you know, what Convoy is, what we do, and then uh, just things like cleats and, you know, catching gloves are encouraged if you want, and also if you want to bring sports drinks, things like that. But like I said, we'll have plenty of tents and ice and water um, provided. Uh, we'll be a T-shirt uh, with uh, autograph and photos. Uh, we'll also be riding a lunch from Big Splash. Uh, but we'll be just running through some football stuff, right? And then the kids will get a chance to hear my story. Um, but, uh, again, that overarching uh, just concept of just children helping children and uh, getting outdoors and just playing for a good cause. Every dollar that is donated and submitted, again, is not only tax deductible for you, but also goes to feeding a child for an entire year or multiple children. So really cool concept. And uh, I am the guinea pig of this like I said earlier, and uh, so we're going to see if we can get this beta test to see if it proves to be helpful to Convoy's programs at Cheating Children's Feeding Initiative. So I'm excited about it. Like I said, never done a football camp, but happy to bring one to my now hometown of Elk City. All right, awesome. Uh, Vance awesome. O'Donnell, thank you so much uh, for your time this morning, and hopefully uh, the, the community supports it the way that I think it probably will. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. He's gonna, you're going to have to come back, and we're really going to break down NIL and Transfer Portal and all that. It'll be fun. When we come back, I don't know. Big Elk's football schedule just got a lot harder. (laughs) Some other things as well. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you about Rodney and the gang all the way through the end of the show. The Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients with their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery. It's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. 
The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney and all the gang down at Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main at Paul Jones Drug. It's care you can trust. We've got free delivery in the Elk City area. The oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City, which means they've got the most experience doing it. Uh, you can drive through and pick your stuff up, curbside testing and vaccinations. And they have these blister packs, which is your long-term care unit packaging. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. Give them a call at 225-2121. Man, it's like I feel, I'm not sure what to say uh, after after Vance being on here. And his uh, his expertise is like, like you don't. It's hard to. to oh yeah, cover. I, I mean we could do a full show. I love his um, his uh, his opinion about the NIL, and I think we all kind of agree. I, I agree with that. He, you give a kid that much money, we've said that before on this show. You give a kid millions of dollars, you expect them to make the right decision with it. Now they're going to go spend it. But I mean, look at John Morant. The dude is in. He's going crazy with all that money, but. Uh, but I mean, and it's really inspiring because you, you, and that's why I asked my question, like how can, you know, what after the NFL, are you still connected with the NFL in, in whatnot? And I love that answer he gave us of, and you know, there can be a void there. And, and I love how he is finding a way to fill that void with something good where you see as, you know, statistics will show you, show you a lot of people fill that void with something bad. So that's really cool. And this convoy of hope thing is very inspirational and, and, Pretty exciting too to get instruction from a former NFL player right here in Elk City. Yeah, I man. mean, if I'm a parent of a of a football kid, I'm I'm signing them up right away as soon as I can. Yeah, it's Friday, July 21st. You've got a month. Yeah. Before that yeah. Uh, that happens here, it's twice now, and still haven't asked him what. I almost got there when he was talking about crashing into people. Yeah, there's a, the famous play as a stealer against the Buccaneers where he just steamrolled the whole team down the sideline for the long touchdown. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember this. Yes. I still haven't asked him. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of steamroll news yesterday within the uh, prep football world, and it's bad news for everybody in five a as Carl Albert adds Kevin Sperry who will be a junior. He's in the 2025 class. He's already committed to Oklahoma. He comes from down in Texas. I guess essentially what happened was he came up for his official visit last weekend and just flat out didn't want to go back. Like, this is home. Wow. I want to be here. And so he is uh, in the process, and it's going to happen, to be the quarterback at Carl Albert. Which now, texting with Coach Maynard yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, that's uh, the sixth guy now that holds an OU offer on that on that roster, which you also find on Elk City's schedule coming out to Big Elk Stadium this season." And it got me to think thinking. I mean, this is going to almost have to be the most talented team to ever step foot on uh, a, a road team to ever play inside that stadium. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking right before we came on air about who else could contend with that. You mentioned Millwood, and uh, back in the 
Yeah, the that, Woods days. So that team was not here. They didn't come out. That's here. true. That was that was yeah. As far as teams coming here, and there's tons of Clinton teams, but as far as teams that are are producing D1 talent, particularly for one school in this case, it's hard to find one. It's that's going to be really. I was telling you, and I was like, man. I am suddenly terrified and excited about Carl Albert coming to Elk City. I'm an OU fan. I want to see these future Sooners. But on the other side, I'm a, I'm an Elk fan, and I, I I'm, it's going to be a tough ask for the Big Elks. But fortunately, this is why you play those games, to get better for district plays. This is a non-district game. We knew that last year going in, and look what the result was for the entirety of the season. And, and the same can be said here, and you never know. They're coming here. They're in our backyard. Let's give them a test. Yeah, I was just trying to think, you know, Weatherford. I just don't think those guys were on the field together. I mean, because you had that run there with Wes Sims, and then you mm-hmm. had Rattery, and you had Donley. Mm-hmm. You know, a few guys that played at Oklahoma or played uh, – and uh, Chris Aiken played at OSU. Those two guys were on the the line together, him and Wes. But those, but uh, maybe Lance probably was on that team as a younger guy. But, you know, all the way down to Rattery. I, I, don't, I don't know if if – there was ever a year where all those They're guys all were together. together. And darn sure not when they were juniors and seniors like this Millwood team is with Xavier Robinson, which – Carl Albert. Yeah, it was, yeah, Carl Albert with five – I mean, he had, he had five touchdowns against the Elks last year, the running back. He's the, and he's the only senior. Everybody else is juniors on this team. So, yeah, it's going to be one of those things where you show up and you get to see something that – haven't really seen much of if ever before on Big Elk Stadium. Also, did you check out Bill Connolly's? This is something we probably can get into it. more tomorrow. I did see it. So what he did was we always we talked about the SP plus rankings and there's a giant formula about how how all that comes in um for the the rankings now. This one's a little bit different. It used some different variables. Because the season, because the results are already there, right? I mean, <clears throat> there you already know who the national champ was for all these different decades. But he named a team of the decade starting clear back in the 1920s by using this SP Plus model. Uh, to probably nobody's surprise in the 50s, Oklahoma. I mean, it's here in the midst of the 47 game win streak, a couple of national titles, you know, three of them, I think. And so there, there's that's a pretty easy one to figure out. Uh, the 60s, you know, Texas, Arkansas, that was mm-hmm. toward the end. The, he has Alabama. 70s, Alabama, Nebraska, Michigan, Oklahoma. The 80s, he's got Nebraska at the top with Miami and Oklahoma right behind. The 90s were a shock to me. And, and I think the difference is maybe this is when Bobby Bowden's streak, streak of what 14 straight top five finishes started in 88 and went all the way through what 2002 or three or whatever it was. But if you'd have asked me who was the team of the nineties without looking at this, I'd have clearly said Nebraska with three national titles felt like they were there a couple of other times, but for Florida state to be on top of that is, is pretty surprising to me, but here's the difference. He has, his own criteria to be the best team, not necessarily who won the national championship. So see, to him, Florida State was number one three times. And in reality, they were number one twice in 93 and 99. 
whereas Nebraska had the two in a row in 94, 95, and then, of course, 97, having the national championship there as well. So it's a little bit weird when you when you compare what the computer spits out to what we saw with our own eyes. Right. And then that brings us to 2000. Brings us to 2000. I was shocked at who was number one in the from 2000 to 2009. And it's Texas. Now, they, they did have that string of 10-win seasons through through a lot of the Mac Brown era. But when in the 2000, with Texas 1 and Oklahoma 2, we got to see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first half of the decade was dominated by Oklahoma with the five straight wins. Then the second half, Texas got you out of five in the, from 2005 through 2009. They won two straight, seven, then 08 and 09. So I guess when you think about that, you know, to the last half. But, I mean, when you think of the 2000s, are you really going to think Texas? No. No, and if it's down to those two, and I saw this tweet, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but had them in head-to-head in that time span, win versus loss. They both brought home a national title. Oh, you won more Big 12 titles, more conference titles than Texas. And I'm sure there's more stats that way more for OU than Texas. I don't know if uh, – Oh, you played for the title four times they, in the they BCS. Did, they Texas did, played twice. They did play in for it more than <clears throat> Texas. Yeah, it doesn't really add up for me, but I, I get it. There's a, there's a metrics to this that he was using with the computers and what it spit out. But when you go head-to-head and – you know, it's funny is it's because it's OU Texas, and this is why we're talking about it. It's because it's those two teams, and you have those head-to-heads to compare them with. But if it was, say, OU, and give me another dominant team in 2000 without looking at the Florida. list. Florida, perfect. You know, people say, well, yeah, Florida deserves to be number one. They beat OU in that national title game. They, I don't know how many SEC titles they brought home in that span, but it is the SEC versus the Big 12 and all that. But Texas at number one is a little head-scratching, absolutely. A big part of why is that Texas gets the number one vote from 2005. OU doesn't get it. OU doesn't get the number one vote in any, even though they won the national title in 2000. The SP Plus, I'm just sure, has Miami as the number one team in 2000. Yeah. They, they, did, they beat the Florida State team that Oklahoma beat in the, in the uh, championship game. And then, of course, the next year, people consider one of the best teams of all time in 2001. And when you look at how close – I mean, that's the difference. If Oklahoma is number one in 2000 the way it really happened, then that advantage that Texas has is gone. And I think OU is just kind of nudged ahead of them. Honestly, I, it's it's hard to think of the whole decade because when, when you first ask – if you ask me that question, who do you think it is, I would say USC. Yeah. But as the decade moved along, <clears throat> they fell off a cliff. You know, Florida had early on, then kind of a lull, then they were good at the end. And so maybe those two with Oklahoma and Texas were the two that were consistently really good. Consistency was a thing. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's clearly a thing in this model. Because the, the teams behind Oklahoma and Texas, it's it's a little bit more of a an ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. 
are you shocked at number nine? I wish I could pull it up. ESPN Plus is giving me problems over here. Texas Tech. That's a lot of credit to Coach Leach, right? Had a great team in 08. Had a really good team in 08. Changed the game more or less. I mean, when when he got there, it – you know, it started obviously in OU, and, and when Leach brought that offense there, he took it over the Tech, and and that's all you knew was the the uh, whip it around the yard. Texas Tech Red Raiders head coach Mike Leach was, and it brought him a lot of wins, but no, that's about it. No conference titles, no national titles. Never even played for it. Not even sure. I mean, never made a BCS bowl. No BCS bowls. Probably made him consistently got him in bowl games sure surprises me it really does it's it it surprises me to see them there you know another team that just outside kansas state and alabama now people fail to remember about bama wasn't i mean before number one before saban got there he was Everyone just thinks Bama was good all the time, especially this younger generation where they're just born into the Nick Saban era, and they just think, "Well, Alabama's always been good." That hasn't been the case. They they struggled a little bit in the early two thousands. No, and you know what else it shows? I mean, everybody just assumes that the SEC's always been the best conference. The truth is, in the two thousands, the Big Twelve was the best conference. Yeah, because you had Texas, you had Oklahoma, you got Kansas State and Texas Tech. And oh, by the way, as that <clears throat> decade wore on. Oklahoma State, if you just go from 2006 on, Oklahoma State would be in the top 10 of programs, guaranteed. And so the you know the, the Big 12 at this point, as the SEC was starting to take over winning the national championship every year, but the Big 12 was the superior conference in the first decade of this millennium. It just was. Mm-hmm. Because and a big part of that is the the reason why is those two at the top, with Oklahoma and Texas and whatever order they were just they were fantastic. Yeah. That uh, that Saturday in October it was it was the most, biggest game of the year. It was the biggest game of the for year. a whole bunch of years in a row. Yep. It's an interesting list. I'd like to see he shows who's like how many number one. I'd like to see which year which team was number one in those rankings. Because what year in the world would Kansas State have been number one? We'll be back. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Skinny on sports. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Well, hopefully that's not the case here, Jared, so you don't <laughs> fire that out there. Welcome back. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right here on the Skinny on Sports. 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Paul Jones, the one thing that we always highlight is the convenience packaging. The pill caddy can go away. You don't have to load that thing anymore. You don't have to make sure 
that you have the right pills on the right day and the right dosage. No, 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 no. They do that for you, and you just open up the package, take your pills, and voila, you're off and running for the day. I've got the durable medical equipment, which is your walkers, your canes, your crutches, your wraps, etc. Most insurances are accepted. And then, of course, the gifts and the greeting cards as well. They've got some awesome stuff down there. Had Father's Day just go by? We forgot something. Maybe you can hopefully smooth it over yeah. with your with your father, your husband, whoever that might be. All kinds of cool stuff. Oh. 809 North Main, Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. What Jerry? I totally forgot to brag about a Father's Day gift. I kinda did. I did some Facebook bragging. I got a cool ball, but that's not the one. Oh. What is it? And the ball was great. It's a ball with did you see it? A I bunch of it. picture of my kids on a softball. It was really neat. They got me a box of key lime pie Kit Kats. Oh, yes. Those are delicious. I mean, I hugged it yeah. when I opened up that present. You can't find those. You can't find them. My wife found them somewhere. You can find blueberry they, muffin all over the there's place. There's all different flavors. They're all over the place. I know. I've seen all kinds, like mocha or whatever. Birthday cake, blueberry. Cannot find the key lime pie Kit Kats. But my wife found a box of them, and I don't even want to open them. <laughs> this is an interesting, Okay. We're going to scrap the Rory till tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Derailed because, the show because with my I want, No, no, no. Talk. Here's what I want to know. I've been dying to do that. I just haven't. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay, so what was it? Maybe, was it a year and a half, year, two years ago or so? Two of the greatest things in life combined for one delicious beverage do you know what i'm talking about i do not i cannot remember what, what dr we... pepper cream soda Oh, okay yeah you you like that i love okay. both of those things so now dr pepper has put strawberries and cre- have you tasted no, this I have, I have not either i'm really fascinated i i got one better man what uh, i can't find it in the store it's the Dr. Pepper Float ice the cream. The Dr. Pepper Float ice cream. I, every time I go in the Walmart, I trek over to the ice cream aisle, and I never can find well, it. Well, you and know, I always see a, an empty space in the Bluebell ice cream area, and I just, I'm, I just know that's where it's supposed to be. This is going to upset the people out in the Texas Panhandle, but this is how you know that Brahms is clearly superior to Bluebell. You go into Brahms, you find your ice cream. It's in stock. What is? Whatever you're looking for. Oh, okay, but not this particular ice cream. Do they have that? No, no. It's, but, but I'm but saying this right, is why right. Brahms is better than Bluebell. You're looking for if you're your... looking for your stuff at Brahms, you've got it. Yeah, Bluebell can't find it because in 2021, I went down to a surprise birthday party for one of my my wife's friends in Texas, mm-hmm. and at that party, we had strawberry cake topped with Texas sheet cake ice cream. That sounds really good. It was off the charts good. That sounds really good. Can't find it, but it was good. <laughs> the one you know in when I when I say Texas sheet cake ice cream, what do you think of? Oh man, I don't know. Hunks of Texas sheet cake yeah, and ice cream. Right. It's exactly what it was. But it was it was chocolate on chocolate. Oh my goodness. Chocolate ice cream with hunks of to- chocolate Texas sheet cake 
Oh my goodness, it was good. Mm. Not here though. We got to stop into the show about talking about food. <clears throat> I, I'm I'm curious if anybody's tried the strawberries and cream Dr Pepper. You haven't tried it. I have not tried. Surprised you haven't picked it up. I've thought a couple of different times. I'm going to do it, and then I just haven't because it's hard for me. If I'm going to here, here's here's my thing. I do not drink very much pop. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And so when I do decide I'm going to have a pop, I don't want it to be bad. I know a Dr Pepper is going to be delicious. I know a cream soda is delicious. I know those two things together is delicious. I'm just afraid. Here you go. I have decent, not great. Regular. It says stick with Dr. Pepper. Well, Regular that's Dr. the Pepper. thing for me and Dr. Pepper. Is I'm I'm a Dr. Pepper addict. I love Dr. Pepper. And if I'm going into a store and I see your classic Dr. Pepper with 23 flavors right there on the bottle, and then I see something else... My hand goes straight to the normal Dr. Pepper. Yeah. But I am a I am a creature of habit. It's hard for me to break habit. Remember the day we were at Sarah National and I decided I was yeah. gonna have a Dr. Pepper. And you grabbed the wrong thing. And I grabbed a Dr. Pepper Zero. Yes. Didn't even notice it till I took a drink and yeah. I was like, What is wrong with this Dr. Pepper? <laughs> it was akin to grabbing a cookie. Yeah. And thinking you're grabbing chocolate chip. And then they fool you with raisins. Oh uh, yeah, it was yeah. akin to doing that. Yeah. Which there's almost nothing worse in life where you pick up a cookie, you think, "Oh yeah, chocolate chip," and then you get a raisin, <laughs> and it's raisins <laughs> instead. Ah, oh, not man. my favorite. Man, matter of fact, that's just plum awful when yeah. that happens. People that make the, you know, because I love like the oatmeal, oatmeal raisin. No, or just oatmeal chocolate chip. Oh, okay. but you don't see them very often because people think they got to put raisins, raisins in there because oatmeal. since oatmeal is healthy, I guess we got to make raisin cookies. Ought to be outlawed. Yeah, put raisins in cookies, and I don't mind raisins, but they're no, they're just not chocolate chips. No. Nowhere near. All right, we'll have the Rory McIlroy stuff tomorrow. It's really interesting. Well, we could talk about him not winning majors <laughs> for a long time. I think so. We'll have all the time in the world. It, <laughs> it's pretty crazy when you when you actually compare because I got thinking about this yesterday. Timeline wise, he's now at nine years since he's won a major. Tiger streak was only eleven, so he's not that far away from being on no. the on. And, and and it doesn't seem like I mean, to me, it seemed like Tiger streak went on for thirty years. Not 11. Right. Whereas Rory's, it seemed like he just won a major the other day. But when you actually start looking at how long it's been, I got a little newsflash for you. It's been a minute. He's played more major tournaments in his streak than Tiger played in his. So between in a, <clears throat> in a nine-year span than Tiger did in an 11-year span? Yes. That's pretty crazy. The amount of tournaments that those two, those two guys played in and didn't win – Rory's played in more than Tiger did. Pretty crazy. And I think that's a big part of why it felt like the streak from Tiger was longer than it actually was because you just didn't see him for a bunch of those tournaments. Anyway, we can talk about it. It'll be fun. Get back into the maybe a little bit deeper dive into the SP Plus rankings if we want to. We do all kinds of stuff. And oh, by the way, we're just two days away from the, the NBA draft. That's right. 
lot of talk about the Thunder might be trying to move up, maybe. Who knows? We can hash it out. We'll see. Everybody have a great Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. This has been the Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients with their drive-through window, curbside service, and free local delivery. It's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.